I'm really excited about this interview coming up on Your Story with Melinda with Jay Paylightner. He's written over 20 books and he sold over half a million copies of his books all about parenting, skills, hacks for your kids, and how to have a better relationship all around with your family. Here's the thing what I'm really excited about. As a new parent, I'm needing to learn about a couple of things. Number one, how to start conversations with Nathan and Sophie. How to talk really thoughtfully and openly and honestly and simply about our faith and how to talk with kids about that. What I'm excited to hear is Jay's going to be talking about parenting hacks and sneaky strategies to engage your kids when we're super busy. And one of the things I know I'm going to be convicted about is this. Well, I don't play golf, but he says this. He says, men and women, if golfing is becoming a priority, stop it and make your kids your hobby. I'm excited to hear about that a little bit more and deeper, but I think it's going to be good. And I have a lot to learn about this. Quick tips for busy families. I know you will learn a lot. So stay with me. That's coming up next. Thank you so much for being here on Your Story with Melinda. I know you're in Chicago, and I love Skype so that we can talk from there, right here outside of Toronto. Welcome to the show. Uh, Thanks, Melinda. Great to be here. Well, this is timely for me, Jay, because I am a new mom. Uh, I've been married for the past, you know, six, seven months. I probably should know that date. (laughs) (laughs) And the, the new book that you have out, but I mean, your life too is all about equipping families, helping couples and families with, with kids do it well. And, and with the foundation, you know, of faith and, and being Christ centered. So this is really timely for me because your new book, Quick Tips for Busy Families, has some great tips for me. So we're going to get there. But here's the thing about you. And I, I said this in our intro, 20 books, half a million copies sold. Uh, speaker, you're a, I heard you're a funny guy, engaging, <laughs> motivator. Uh, but how did that all begin? There, there's got to be a backstory, Jay, sure. to where you are now as a successful, you know, speaker and writer. Let, let's start from the beginning uh, as a as a young boy and sort of your thought or plan for your life and how it's worked out for you. Well, uh, I can confirm that God uses everything. Because <laughs> uh, I look back and I uh, thank you. That's a great question. Uh, uh, that I I was uh, half creative and half athletic. I have uh, I was always a writer, but I was also always a, a, a doer and you know playing baseball and climbing trees kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So um, the, uh, first off, the thought would be out, and you can't put me in one in one single box. Uh, uh, I. Uh, as I, as I was growing up, uh, again, uh, in college, I did theater and rugby. I mean, that's just ridiculous. <laughs> that's just ridiculous. And then, um, and then as I, I grew up Catholic, which is a, 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 a great foundation for faith because you get the, you get to church every Sunday. And, yep. and, uh, I, uh, I think I missed, I missed mass between the time I was seven and 27 I missed mass literally twice Oh, I, every wow. Sunday. Boom. Um, uh, and uh, then, uh, as my faith was growing, and I needed to dig deeper into Scripture, and my my I had a couple of boys at home, and I needed, and I was we were growing in faith, my wife and I, uh, kind of separately, but at the same time, uh, we uh, turned our, our we 
finally understood the concept of grace and our sinful condition and our need for a savior and needed to dig deeper into scripture. And we ended up at the big non-denominational church at the edge of town with great teaching. And um, at the same time, I was in uh, advertising on Michigan Avenue in Chicago, kind of, but almost not quite the, ma- the Mad Men era with the, with the uh, <laughs> um, uh, but it was uh, similar to that. Uh, back at, this is before social media. So mm-hmm. we, I, I did ads for, uh, for uh, airlines and for grocery stores and for Corona beer. I did TV commercials and, wow. and uh, um, for the Chicago Symphony Orchestra. I did some fundraising things. It was just a, a great time of my life. But again, it was uh, superficial. And then as my faith was growing, I ended up at a small little ad agency, kind of a media agency out in the suburbs of Chicago, um, where I was suddenly producing uh, radio for awesome ministries. I produced Josh McDowell radio for 14 years and for the, for the Voice of the Martyrs. Uh, I did uh, Jesus Freaks Radio for over 20 years. I did uh, I, I produced a pro-life program. Uh, for the National Center for Fathering, I produced... Uh, uh, over 4,000 radio program, uh, daily radio programs for called Today's Father. So all this, uh, as my faith was growing, I was getting to use it in my create creativity. And uh, then about 15 years ago, I I, uh, I wrote a book, and then another book, and then another book, and suddenly, um, suddenly I'm the dad guy or the uh, the family guy. Uh, my my first book, and I may be going too long here, but uh, I uh, I my book 52 Things Kids Need from a Dad. It sold uh, 160,000 copies, and uh, that became my niche. And I just love pouring into dads. Mm-hmm. Um, and even your story and uh, your producer, uh, Kirk, his story, even chatting before we started here, everybody's story is different. Yeah. And when I first started talking and speaking to groups of men, to dads, I kind of thought everybody was like me, coming from the same. I mean, I married my high school sweetheart. We've been married 37 years. Uh, you know, four kids, we, we all kind of, but everybody uh, has a, comes from different places and different experiences. Uh, Melinda, I know you've got all kinds of multicultural, you know, mm-hmm. long distance uh, moves in your past and your family. And I am just kind of sitting here in the suburbs of Chicago, feeling a little jealous <laughs> of uh, of the, the grand life experiences that everybody else has. So so I got to honor both sides of that, I guess. Yeah. Does that kind of make sense? Yeah, it does. Now, you know, especially let's go back to that, that 52 sort of tips for dads. Oh, yeah. How did that come about? I mean, you're a dad of five kids. You're now a grandparent. You're a foster dad. Yeah. What was that sort of the impetus or the start where you said, you know what, I really need to write a book about this? Like, was it either for you? Yeah, right, was it right. a personal sort of, you know, tip for you? Or did you think you saw it and was, you were like, I think some dads need help in this area. What? How did that all start? Well, yeah, I can I can trace this back to a couple of things. I was in a right now. I'm in a men's small group, mm-hmm. uh, but ten or twelve of us, and they're all about ten years older than me, um, so that I get to sit at, the, at their feet of wisdom sometimes. But for for a long season of life, I was in a men's small group where I was kind of ten years older than all the other guys, and so I had I was going through the teenage years when they were going through the with their kids when I was when they were going through their their grade school years. So they would ask me these 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 questions and how did you do this, Jay? It's like ah, and I guess I guess my advice was pretty good, <laughs> um, <laughs> and so so that kind of reminded me of the the different kind of dads out there and the different needs, but also. Um, uh, that uh, 
that I looked at the world from a little different perspective. Again, that creative side and that practical side at the same time. But uh, also, uh, I've I will never. I've written twenty some books. I've, I will never write a novel or some great, great uh, tome of you know five five hundred pages. I write short, and that comes out of my advertising. You know, write mm-hmm. short. Get into the head of the the uh, end user and what do they need? And that's the you know that's the we're going to talk about this, but mm-hmm. it's it's 144 boom quick quick little ideas quick tips. Um, that's where that comes from. So when you write short, and you have uh, if you write three pages on one quick little concept, uh, you do that 52 times and suddenly <laughs> that's a book. Yeah, that's a, so that that's how that and it gives me it gives me ability to. To you know, one these short chapters, you, you laugh in one chapter, and you get real serious in another chapter, and you cry the next chapter, mm-hmm. and then you you throw out a spiritual truth the next chapter. So um, that's Good. where I come from. Uh, now, Jay, so, the, the question that you know a lot of us who are not writers or authors always wonder is, you know, you've got all these experts who write about these things, but do they actually do it in their home? Does it actually work? For them, so as you were writing these, I mean, all these different things, you know, you with your wife and and sons and and kids, you know, maybe it's an honest, you know, <laughs> admission. Uh, has have they really worked for your kids and raising them? Well, uh, Melinda, a confession or two here. Um, I am not a, a deep theologian. I am not a psychologist. I am not a pastor. These are truly just things that kind of mm. worked for me. And uh, again, uh, when you write a short chapter, I start with a story, um, uh, a story. For instance, um, uh, I, uh, I had a put a new garage door on my house because it, I had to scrape and paint it. So I finally spent 1200 bucks for a new garage door. True story. Um, brand new garage door, $1,200. Did I mention that? <laughs> and I pulled up one day, eight days later, I pulled up and my son Isaac was – they're on the driveway with his two buddies playing stickball uh, in front of my garage door. And that was okay because I bought the industrial gauge <laughs> garage door because I knew they played wiffle ball. And I knew that I wanted to get a garage door that would sustain wiffle ball hints. But what I didn't um, anticipate was that uh, with a broom handle on the backswing, they would gouge oh. my garage door. So as I pulled up that day, there were three gouges on my garage door. Yeah, true story. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is eight days after I put up the new $1,200 garage door. Okay, so here, here's the question, Melinda. Did I pulled up. Did I rage? Did I do my, the, the dad rage thing? What do you think? What, do you uh, think? what would you have done? What would you have Backed done? Backed out, went for a coffee, <laughs> come back? <laughs> that's, that, that's not a bad strategy. That is not a bad strategy. But here's the point. Um, it was a gift from God, and I claim victory for all dads here. I did not rage. Applause, applause. Yep, good job, um, good job. Because God gave me um, uh, uh, a, a big picture of what was happening there. These three boys, these three college boys were not – there was no beer cans in the driveway, mm-hmm. in the lawn. There was no squad car, cop car pulling up with bad news. They were not in the basement playing some creepy dark video game. They were on my driveway mm-hmm. playing – the time-honored game of stickball, um, and I remember the old commercial: uh, uh, stick, uh, uh, stickball, uh, uh, broom handle, three dollars; wiffle ball, four dollars; garage, uh, garage door, twelve hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. But stickball driveway, priceless. Yeah. And uh, 
And so that's a story I tell in one of my books. But again, it's a true story. But the point is, you know what? There's plenty of time, moms and dads, to to uh, rescreen and resod and recarpet. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, so uh, enjoy your kids. Don't if there's cobwebs, in the, mom. If there's cobwebs in the corner, yeah. You know, let them stay there. Rock your baby. Jay, how do we change that thinking? Because I, I, that's a really good point. Because a lot of us are wanting to keep things pristine, <laughs> uh, manage and front our lives in this perfect picture of, of control and, yeah. and you know, perfect behavior. But what you're saying is, you know, you just sort of put that aside and say, all right, so what? $1,200 door dinged in. It might not look great on the front of our house as far as, you know, curb appeal. But what's yeah. more important is this moment. How do we, you know, change that way of thinking? Um, because I think that's a good foundation to start before we go into, you know, uh, talking about your new book. Well, um, I almost have to correct myself by saying, you know, if there are some houses that are just total chaos and you need to restore order. Yeah. And there's some store, some some parenting. You come into it and that you are uh, you need to micro that you feel like you might need to micromanage and keep everything in order. And I would say relax a little bit. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's uh, spouses and husbands and wives and moms and dads need to talk to each other and, and see where we're, where we're going too far left or too far right and somewhere land in the middle, um, I mean, on the, on the important stuff, on who God is yeah. and honesty and uh, uh, Ten Commandment kind of stuff. You need to go, I'm, I'm taking a hard line here. But I think most everything else, just, you know, somewhere, settle somewhere in the middle. Yeah. Um, uh, because uh, it, it, that might be a non-answer, but it's the right answer. Yeah, I know. It's a good answer. Well, let's get into this. I'm really wanting to learn from you about these sort of sneaky strategies to raising great kids. And like I said earlier, you know, I'm this new parent, and now I'm confronted with, you know, two, you know, stepkids, you know, 10 and 12, where I'm needing to learn tools and skills of how to parent well. And I, And this is a great book because, you know, this is all about, you know, how to do this with within a busy family. We're a very busy family. Sure. Um, I'm busy. My husband, Chris, is busy. You know, we, we we get the kids on the weekends, and so we've got this, like, limited time, so we're trying to do all these things in, like, three days. Uh, but, I, you know, I'd love your thoughts, uh, Jay, about, you know, some of these strategies, especially the one around technology. Uh, that's a, that's a, a key part in this book because, you know, for technology, most kids nowadays, screen time, yeah. tablets, yeah. phones, desktop, PS4s, you name it, they've got it. And how do you as a parent navigate allowing them to engage with it and then telling them to stop? And I'm, I'm, I'm learning that because I really don't know what sure. to do with that. Um, well, I think uh, a few things. First of all, technology itself is not evil. Right. Uh, uh, so we need Check. to maybe set that aside. Yeah. Uh, it's it's really easy to. I mean, I think at some point Gutenberg, when the printing press came out, there are folks who were who didn't want it because it was going to disseminate information, and heaven forbid, we want the masses to remain ignorant. Yeah. Um, but uh, so uh, so techno- technology is, is is not to blame here. And actually, as you know, technology is a great tool mm-hmm. for us. We're using Skype right, right now. now. Yeah. Technology is a great tool, and um, uh, and it. Uh, it, it keeps families closer. You can communicate better. Hey, uh, if, if, if dinner cha- time changes, you give them a quick little text and they know that dinner is going to be a uh, half hour earlier or half hour later. Kind of thing. So let's not let's not uh, curse and throw out all of all of technology. But at the same time, yeah, we need the, those kids to put their screens down once in a while. And, and a couple of strategies there is um, 
if your uh, if your kid, uh, it's it's not a, it's not uh, atypical for a for eleven year old or twelve year old boy to maybe play uh, video games of some kind. And I, I'm not even go with the latest one because I can't keep up. Who can parents can't keep yeah. up with them? Um, but uh, maybe for, for four or five hours a day, it'd, it'd be it's it's kind of easy that that can happen mm-hmm. without any kind of of. Uh, 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 limits at all, uh, they'll they'll just keep playing all day every day because it's it's great fun and it and you get the dopamine and the mm-hmm. and the brain chemicals to go oh you get, give them give them rewards and um, uh, so uh, one strategy could be to say uh, to um, to to Nathan or your your your, your steps on Nathan yeah. or any any eleven or twelve mm-hmm. year old boy would be to say um, hey buddy uh, uh, your mom and I've been talking and or your dad and I've been talking and uh, I think we need to limit. So why don't you pick an amount of time that you? Why don't you pick an amount of time that you can play video games every day? And there's no way they're going to say five hours. They might say, uh, "Wow, wow, I, I can pick my own." How about can I get can I get can I get away with get away with two hours? And you might be saying, "Kaching, that's awesome." And so they pick their own amount of time. Uh, now, if they say five hours, then you got to deal with that separately. <laughs> um, <laughs> right. But if they say, uh, uh, if they pick a time that's reasonable, you say we'll, we'll think about it and come back and then and then negotiate. So that's one strategy. Uh, the other would be uh, that you need to sit down with them. If if anytime they start a new game, anytime they and they need to be straightforward with you because uh, there needs to be a trust built. Um, but anytime they start downloading a new game or start playing a new system. You need to say, "Hey, I'm going to sit down with you for half an hour just to check this out because I care about you." And that's and they get that they understand that that, that you love them and want to protect them because it's and and they're going to admit that there's all kind of creepy stuff out there that they don't understand. They might need something some help with, um, even as they get older. Um, uh, so the idea of plopping down on the couch next to your kid when they're watching when they're watching TV mm-hmm. when they you know if you. If they're watching one of these one of these TV shows that are out there, there's so many out there with so much blood and creepy stuff and and uh, sex and violence. Uh, you need to be able to plop down in front of them and say, "Hey, what you watching here, buddy?" Kind yeah. of thing. So that's the that's the way to enter their world. It is. I like that. I like world. that, Jay. The entering your world versus you know, it's it's almost like I'm so busy. I've got these things I'm doing. So that just sort of like you know gets them out of the way. You know, keeps them quiet. <laughs> they're happy. There's no tension in the house, right? I mean, that that's yeah. that's a part of it. It's, it's it's an easy way to kind of like say, okay, kids, do that. I like that about getting into their world and having that conversation. You got to talk with your kids. Um, uh, but even as you enter their world, there's a couple, the flip of that is they invite them to enter your world once in a while Mm -hmm. and, and and let them know what's going on in your, in your work. Let them know that, I mean, your kids need to kind of know what you do every day a little bit. Mm -hmm. So, uh, the idea of you enter their world, invite them into your world and, uh, and then you have to earn the right. This is crazy. Uh, a generation or two ago. You know, uh, dads especially would rule with the iron fist, and and you could tell your kids what to do, and they kind of had to do it. Um, but uh, now I think you, you you have to kind of earn the right and earn the respect, and uh, give them some uh, give them some limits, but also give them some freedom to to uh, to to do the to do their uh, to do their own thing, uh, and then enter their world and make sure that uh, they're on the right track. One other thought would be really critical on. Um, I'm putting your screens down. Uh, moms and dads, uh, you think that your kids don't want to spend time with you, 
but uh, with the right tools and the right opportunities, they do. So actually, the, the, the punchline for that thought would be this. Um, you own, Melinda, you own and your husband owns something that your kids want to, uh, will, will, will encourage your kids <laughs> to put their screen down, and that is time with you. Oh, that's good. If, if a yeah. dad walks into a room and says, hey, let's go shoot some hoops, a kid might say after this game, dad, but for the most part, they're going to say, yeah, I, I can do that. Something That's something I'd like to do. Um, or, and you need to know your own kid, what motivates them. So that's why you enter their world, to see what motivates them. But uh, your kids... You might not believe this, but your kids do want to spend time with you, you know, uh, in the right way. I absolutely yeah. believe that, Jay. It's hard because, you know, I've got parents who are like, I am so exhausted. And I know the responsibility of being a parent, but I just, how do I get that energy and the gumption to be like, yeah, I'll go play basketball with you when I'm so tired, yeah. though I know it's important. You know, like that's the struggle. <laughs> um, <laughs> during a season, during that season, uh, you need to make your kids your hobby. You need to say no That's to good. some things. Uh, boy, uh, I love coaching eight, nine-year-old kids uh, in baseball and softball. I coached all my kids, but baseball, softball. And uh, uh, one year, uh, we had a little guy in the team. Uh, was pretty good. Not the best kid, but pretty good. His his dad couldn't come to the games because uh, because uh, we played on Tuesdays, Tuesdays and Thursdays. We had a rain out to be made up on Saturday. And so the little guy comes and uh, says, hey, Coach Payleitner, Coach Payleitner, my dad can come see me play on Saturday. And I'm thinking, all right, uh, I'm going to help this kid out. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bat him second in the lineup. I'm going to start him at shortstop so he can show off for his dad. Hmm. Well, Saturday, Saturday morning, the, the, kid, the little guy comes along and says, hanging his head and, and says, uh, uh, okay, what's up, champ? And he says, well, my dad couldn't come. He had to play golf. And see, that dad didn't know what he was missing. The kid, I was angry. I was angry. The kid, the kid was fine with it because it's happened so many other times. Uh, but that dad doesn't know what he was missing. So for a season of life, not for, not for 20 years, but for a season, you got to put your golf clubs away. you got to make your kids your hobby. If, uh, and, 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 and moms and dads know this. If, uh, if your four-year-old's into dinosaurs, you be into dinosaurs. Yeah. If your if your fifteen uh, uh, year old is into uh, skateboarding, you know what? <laughs> but you be you be into skateboarding yeah. too, you know, and and find out where a park is and make sure and go with them to the skateboarding store and make sure they have the right pads, elbow pads, and that kind of stuff. So whatever your kid's hobby is, you be into that for a while too. Make your kids your hobby would be a way that um, that you get you're entering their world, seeing what's important yeah. to them, and uh, and making time for them. But to answer you, that's a, that's, a, that's a long answer for the short question. You know what? Say no to some things yeah. so, so you can say yes to your kids. I like that. Um, and, you know, I've been told this, too. I mean, you don't have your kids for a long time. Like, it goes fast. Like, over and over, I've got friends now <laughs> whose kids are now 17, 18, and they're like, you what know, and I'm heck? looking at that's Sophie and Nathan at 10 and 12, and I'm like, oh, I have another, you know, six, seven years, eight years until they're off. But it's like, no, that's going to go by so fast. Yeah, right. You don't have um, them for long. Uh and you can say that as many times as you want, <laughs> but uh, and you don't believe it till it, yeah. it till it's done. And again, I uh, my kids are between oh my golly between twenty four and thirty seven now. Oh my wow. god! <laughs> and uh, I got six grandbabies, and even they're even they're growing up fast. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, but again, we it's a cliche, but it's so so true, Melinda. 
You know, Jay, I love those. I love in this book, I mean, you've got your parenting hacks, sneaky strategies. I just want, um, one of the things I really think is important is, you know, you have starting conversations and ways to do it, but also how to speak to your kids about faith. Because especially at, you know, this age that, you know, my kids are at, it's interesting because they're not babies and they're not toddlers, but they're not yet teen teenagers. So they're in this in-between where they're open, but I also have to explain things a little bit more simply. Because sometimes I come in with a very, you know, long theological explanation and they're like, huh? And I go, oh, wait, sorry, sorry. (laughs) Okay, let me back it up and kind of, you know, simplify. And I'm trying my best to, you know, they have a lot of interesting questions. Like Sophie the other day was like, Mel, I'm trying to understand baptism where like, you know, you die and then you're raised to life. Then she's like, so that's a question I have. And I'm also trying to understand the Trinity. <laughs> and I'm like, yes, yeah, so these are questions that we're trying to understand too, you know, in the completeness of it. But she's, yeah. she's really inquisitive. Like, Mel, I'm just trying to understand that I totally believe in God. However, who created God if he created us? <laughs> and I'm like, Right. I, Great. I, I, okay, 10-year-old. Um, okay. <laughs> like, um, he, you know, here's a lollipop. <laughs> and no. Right, I, you know, right. But these are the kinds of questions I'm faced with, whereas then Nathan is just like, whatever. whatever. And I'm trying to engage with him. He's like, ah, whatever, you know. You know, I hope it's good bread at communion, Melinda. I really hope it's good bread this time. <laughs> like, it funny. is, right? Um, um, what well, are some basic I, tips to, to really engage? So, I mean, some of my, people have kids that engage naturally. Others, it, it's uncomfortable or you've got, you've got to figure out ways to really do it. What are some of your suggestions? Well, um, uh, I think your, your, your struggle is common and healthy <laughs> and, uh, and accurate and uh, uh, appropriate. Uh, and I think you need to, to confess that you don't have all the answers. Mm-hmm. And confess that um, that this is a journey, and join them on the journey. And when your when your daughter comes to you and, and asks a question, let's figure this out together. That's a great opportunity. So, so um, it, it also was a girl boy thing. I think that you were experiencing the little girl <laughs> little boy thing, um, not little, but but yeah, yeah little. Um, uh, and and sh- if you can do this, if you can share how God is working in your life without mm. being preachy, yeah, that's the key. That's yeah. the key. you don't want to hit him over the head with that. Right. Like, Oh my golly! Um, uh, and uh, here's a, here's a pretty interesting strategy. When you see your child uh, do something that's kind of re- reflects the maturity, the idea that you know they they're nice to their their little brother, or they're um, or they help somebody out, or or they they put the, the dishes in the dishwasher for crying out loud. Um, say you know what? Let me share something. I'm noticing something you're. You're, I'm so impressed and blessed if I had the idea that, that, that you're growing up. And it scares me a little bit because you're growing up so fast. But let, let's open up to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Look at this. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 11. Um, uh, it, it's, it's a great chapter. Here it is. Flip, 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 flip. Open up. It says, when I was a child, I, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put the way of childhood behind me. And it scares me a little bit, uh, uh, Nathan or, or Sophia. But but uh, but you're you're in this wonderful edge of adulthood here, and I see that you're putting away childish things. Now, please don't grow up too fast, sweetheart, buddy. <laughs> but um, but uh, I am mm. so uh, looking forward to seeing how God uses you. That's a pretty good line to use, also. I am looking forward, Nathan. How? And I'm sorry, I don't mean to put voice, put words yeah, in your no, mouth. Yeah, that's good. Nathan, I'm so I'm so 
I'm so delighted and, and a little scared, but uh, looking forward to see how God uses you and the gifts that you have. This gift you have for for standing up for yourself and being tenacious and being a little bit of a uh, of a of a of a I don't want to say blockhead, a little bit of a stubborn your stubborn streak. That's not a bad thing to have. Um, God can use that too. You're you're uh, you're standing up for yourself. That's a great trait. Um, now it doesn't work so well when you when I'm telling you to take out the trash and you're not doing that. But uh, you know don't don't change too much. But let's use your power for good. My yeah. kids. My kids roll my eyes and they ask me, say, use your, uh, Alec, Alec, Randy, Max, Isaac, and Rayanne, please use your power for good. Because kids have power. Yeah. They do. Oh, uh, yes. I see that uh, all the time. So uh, use that for good. Um, and uh, does, that, does that make any sense? Yeah, am I, am no. I, are you nodding your head here? Yeah, no, Jay, this is good. I mean, we're running out of time, but I just have one last question for you. Um, yeah. You know, in your book, you've got how to start conversations, spiritual truths, be a hero, discipline strategies you know, parent hacks, sneaky strategies. I love it. Your hope for this book. I mean, you've, you've written many, many books. Obviously you have a heart for family. You've raised families as coming from a place of experience, but you as a person, as a dad, what is your hope for people who read this? Wow. Um, Boy, if families could come out of this with a little, with a couple of laughs and a couple of connections and uh, um, if, if a dad can say, wow, I just, you know, once I was a hero for my kids. Uh, one of the chapters is oil their mitt. Now, that sounds silly, but uh, when your kid goes out to, to uh, try out for baseball, um, make sure that they're, they have the right equipment, that their mitt is oiled. Mm-hmm. If you're going to go, you know, try out for the, uh, for the uh, uh, school play, you know, run lines with them. The idea of, of prep, helping your child take the next step and partnering with them in their hopes and dreams. I, I'm hoping that parents, that's, that's it. If I can, I'm, I'm stumbling around here, but if I can help, help come alongside parents and help them to uh, help their own kids chase their hopes and dreams, my golly, uh, uh, and, and, and ultimately give glory to God. Yeah, amazing. Jay P. Leitner, loved it. I mean, I honestly I could talk to you for three more hours, and I've learned a lot. I took notes, as you saw. I was writing some notes down here of things I want to do. I'll go back to my husband, Chris, have a little chat. And, you know, to, you know, listeners and viewers, this is a must-get book. Quick Tips for Busy Families, Sneaky Strategies for Raising Great Kids by Jay Payleitner. Go get Amazon.com, uh, your Christian bookstore. I love that you push supportive Christian bookstores, Jay. Get it at your local Christian bookstore. And thank you for being with me. I, it was a pleasure chatting, and I learned a lot. So I always love those kinds of conversations, Jay. Uh, Melinda, uh, uh, blessings to you and, and your you. family and, and all your listeners and viewers. Okay, thanks so much. Take care. We'll, and we'll definitely talk again soon. Well, that's all the time we have this week, and hopefully you liked it. I know I'd hit that thumbs up button if I were you. You can also leave a rating on Apple Podcasts, and it helps the show reach way more people. You don't have to give the show five stars, but it's strongly encouraged. <laughs>